Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs. And today on the show, we have Alex Pereira. Uh, I've known Alex for a number of years now. You're a, uh, you're a technologist, you're a, uh, you're a writer, you're in Madrid, and you're about to go on vacation. So I want to make sure that you can have, uh, you can have uh, whatchamacallit, access to your car shortly. But welcome, <laughs> Alex. Thank you very much, John. It's an authentic pleasure being here with you and uh, talking to you after so many years. I mean, we've kept in touch remotely, but it's good to hear your voice again. Yeah. So why don't you tell folks what you've been up to uh, and then we can get, get into it. Well, that, that's that. we would need a couple of episodes <laughs> of this podcast to actually uh, describe what I do. But essentially, I work a lot with strategic uh, communications. So I help a lot of companies make better pitches. So I started with early stage companies and now I work with uh, late stage uh, M&A investors acquisitions, even corporations. So that's one of the things that I spend a lot of my time with. I'm also a professor. So when I'm not with a client, I'm actually giving classes at uh, IE Business School, uh, university, and then I do a lot of uh, in-company trainings with very, very large companies. But essentially what I really enjoy and kind of underpins a lot of what I do is a lot of, I do a lot of research on innovation. And as a former engineer, I love uh, to then take that and make it actionable, which mm -hmm. is maybe one of the things that most people don't do. So I love working with companies that are putting this into play. That's more or less among the many things I do, mm -hmm. uh, my, my kind of day-to-day. -day. Oh, very cool. All right. So, so, so when we started this, I think you wanted, to, you wanted to go back and forth a little bit. Usually I just sit and listen to somebody's tale of woe, but what, what, did, what did you have in mind? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've been following a lot of what you've been doing for many years. In, uh, and it's been interesting, you know, sitting on the fences and watching you uh, succeed, struggle, go back, go forth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we have a couple of friends, and I remember uh, years ago, uh, some of them were mentioning, oh, have you read John's new book about clocks and watches? Like, it's really cool. I'm like, Whoa, whoa, since since when did John wrote a book about watches? And, you know, ever since I've been kind of following a little bit of, of what you do, like uh, the, the whole pitching thing, trying to help companies. Then you do these products and back and the, the podcast. And I always wonder, there's this voice inside my head where I wonder, it's like, maybe he's not understanding who he really is, like mm. w w what he's really doing with all this stuff. Um so I'll, I'll give like a brief introduction to this because uh, the more people I talk with, um, the more people go have this aha moment and they go like, oh my God, like that, that's really something that happened to me. And I think that in the startup world or the entrepreneurial world, it's, fairly, it's a fairly common thing. Uh, so I hope that a lot of listeners also have some kind of resonance to, to what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. So 
it, during the pandemic, I was working with one of my clients and one of my investments, and we were doing some exercise around how we acquire knowledge. And we did this test, and I realized when I was talking with the CEO that the way he acquired knowledge was very, very different from the way I learned things. And it started dawning on me that the way I saw life, the way I interacted with things uh, was extremely different from what most people, uh, most people's experiences. Mm -hmm. So this is where I started getting into recognizing or acknowledging that I'm what I'm really on is a generalist or as some people like to say a polymath. I just honestly hate that word. It's so loaded. Yeah, I think it's. I think it suggests something like it's almost like some kind of like weird Android name, right? It's polymath, <laughs> weird. Yeah, and and I think it's it's also like very elitist. There's like this feeling behind the word that oh, you're better than me, right? In um, but what that's why I kind of normally settle with the word generalist. In basically, what a generalist is is someone that. Uh, has a incre incredible uh, thirst for knowledge. And so you keep learning many different things. You never stick to one specific thing because you really enjoy answering certain questions about a vertical or a field. And once you have answers to that, you tend to move not away from it, but like into another field and then another one and then another one. Now, some people connect this with the notion of being a dilettante. And after a lot of research and talking with a lot of people, you realize that dilettante is, is, a, is, is a real thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> people are, there, there's certain people are like that. But here we're talking about the generalist as someone that knows a lot about a lot of things. It's not just superficial knowledge. It gets you to the point where you're actually capable of talking with the leading or world experts on certain fields. And when I had this reflection, I, I had already thought about it many times. Like my parents had told me this, my, my um, partners in different companies have told me this. Uh, and eventually during the pandemic, I came to truly embracing this. And I mean embracing it because this embracing has a lot to do with failure. <laughs> because as a generalist, um, you don't really fit anywhere, mm -hmm. right? If you look at all the all the if you look at the labor market, every single job offer is for specialists. In very rare occasions, that they do exist, but in very rare occasions, you will see a job opening where it's something like, you know, we're looking for someone that knows a lot about every, a lot of things, a lot about everything, right? Uh, someone that's good at being general, a specialist on generalism yeah. that that's what a generalist really is it's a specialist on knowing a lot of things and so you don't see that and so there's this constant feeling that you're not doing it right that you're actually failing that you should be an expert in this or an expert in that or an expert in that and it's i would say it it's also very personal right like it it's not really someone telling you that it's you feeling that you should become an expert on you know, communications or journalism or, you know, I don't know, AI generate. You, you should find your niche, right? You should find your hole. And I think, and I think that, I think what you're suggesting is that what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs hear is you have to focus 
And I've met way too many entrepreneurs who don't have that focus. And I've also met way too many awful CEOs who have a focus that's so monomaniacal that's also dangerous for them. Uh, so you're basically you're basically you're basically describing a uh, I guess you're describing the difference between a uh, inventor and an op and a um, and an operator. Yeah, I don't know how we define that. the The way I see it is that um, it, it's not a lack of focus. It's it's a lack of um, I would say entertainment or a lack of curiosity. Right. So when you have to focus, you focus extremely deeply. Right. And that's what allows you to do startups in the first place. If, if anything, after doing several startups, one of the things that you learn is like sometimes you just have to shut down everything and focus on one thing and, and drill down. Right. Mm -hmm. So th there is that capacity. But the way I used to define this, by the way, it, it was quite different. It's like we are entrepreneurs that we are very good at going from zero to 80%. And then that final 20%, it's, it's better than we let other people do it. You know, then comes the CEOs that are very good at, you know, optimizing the process, doing things much better at scale, blah, blah, blah. But we do get bored when it gets to that point. And that's a moment where we tend to move on to something else. So it's not that you don't have the capacity to focus. It's just you don't have the the passion to keep doing things that are all the time the same, mm -hmm. right? And the, the reason why I mentioned the word embracing is because as long as you don't realize that you are like that, you're going to keep having this constant feeling of failure all the time that you're not focusing well enough, that you're not good enough for the startup, that your projects are failing or whatever. And so I wonder, and this is a question to you, as I've seen you evolve within time, I always had the feeling that you are someone that is very curious about many different things. I mean, just the fact that I read all the books you read each month, it's like, holy shit, like the, the range of things you're reading is quite impressive. and it reminds me of my kind of reading. I mean, this is one exercise I tell people. If you go to Goodreads and, and people don't have your profiles in the open, by the way, mm -hmm. it tells a lot about your issues. <laughs> but if, if you're friends with someone and you go through their profile of books they've been reading, it's really fascinating to see the psychology of each person, right? And, uh, and it, it's very telling when you have someone that has a very, very wide range of books they're reading. And when I go through my own list, I go like, oh, my God, like if anyone looks at this, it's going to think that I'm absolutely mental. Mm -hmm. And so I bring the question back to you. How do you feel about that? Because that, that's a feeling I get from the outside that you have a tendency to being a generalist. And that sometimes kind of plays back uh, in or, or creates awkward dissonances in in your perception sometimes. I think that's I mean, I would I would say that's completely true. And I think that's. See that, and there's, and part of me says, and I actually spoke to someone recently uh, about the idea of like maybe taking ADHD meds or something like that. But uh, then you also have the same thing, like uh, what's his name, Tom Waits said that once you're off the booze or once you're off the, once you're off the this creative, this creative, um, the the tools that you use to be creative, does it come back? And we can argue that maybe Tom Waits had a nice career, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, but 
does it come back? Does it, and also, also are the things that I'm doing constantly, uh, developing, writing books, uh, doing this podcast, et cetera, are they helping me in, are they helping me or hindering me? I guess is the biggest question. Mm. Uh, I mean, do they take, they, they don't take that much time, right? I can hang out with you. We can talk for, we can talk for 30 minutes and, uh, quite a few people listen to these things and they enjoy them. Um, but I just have to decide, like, maybe there's, maybe there's a, maybe there's a point where I need to shut off that generalist part. It's really difficult. It's and it's a, it's a difficult way to think about these things. Well, so, so th this is the, the conclusion I ended up having. And again, why I bring the notion of embracing it is because I just real uh, I eventually realized that I was just wired in a different way. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And that makes uh, connecting with our society and how our jobs work uh, pretty, the, the connection is different and, and it's, it's challenging, I would say, in, in certain ways. So one of the things I uh, told myself is, well, Alex, you're like this. And there is no denying it and there is no escaping from it. When, whenever I've tried to do, like, get a day-to-day -day job where, you know, I, I go in at 8 and then I leave at 5 or even if I'm working on the weekends or whatever, it's just a complete fucking disaster. Mm -hmm. so, so eventually I told myself, well, Alex... What are you good at? What, what do you truly enjoy? And I enjoy working with a lot of people doing a lot of projects. I would say maybe 30% of them don't see the light of day because, you know, you're, you're, you're spread too thin. But then others slowly keep evolving and eventually start appearing one after the other one. And if there's something I get a lot, it's like, Alex, how are you capable of doing this stuff and writing this book and translating this and giving classes and doing this and doing martial arts and I do calligraphy also. And they go like, how, where do you find the time to do all these mm -hmm. things? And I always tell them, it's like, look, every single time that I take something, it's something that makes me happy. And I never really have an agenda for it. I just do it because it makes me happy. As you were saying with the podcast, this makes other people happy also, and they enjoy it. And that's fine by me. Eventually, I'll find a way of monetizing. Well, that's my wife always saying, so how exactly are you going to make money with this new crazy thing that you got? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, we'll figure it out. We will see. And so this, this element of trust, of, of uh, taking a leap of faith sometimes when you're like this, where after many years, you just realize that, yes, several of those things will go down the drain or just stop being but others will bloom into completely different things that were pretty unexpected sometimes right yeah. so it's kind of getting that balance right yeah i think that's i think that's an interesting thing i mean and, and again i i don't i don't know how other people think right so that's the that's the hardest part about this like my understanding of the my understanding of this process could be could be um I could be misunderstanding like a boss, for example, or I could be misunderstanding a, a supervisor on how, how they're thinking, how they're thinking this, this work should be. For example, I can, I can, I can tell you hundred percent how this, how my, how my brain works. I remember talking to a, a friend, uh, when I, my first job, first job at a, a consulting company and he would do, he would just like spend like all day at at the office and he'd spend like all weekend at the office too. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
He's like, oh, I'm just doing work. And it's like, how can you, do, there's not that much there to do. And maybe he was, I don't know, going over it three times or he was doing it. Uh, same, same kind of situation. I was in a, I was in my first consulting gig down in, I think it was Mississippi, Oxford, Mississippi. And they had us looking at, they had us looking at OCR, like they, they had us looking at tax returns that needed to be OCR. And the OCR didn't work oh back God. then because this was years ago. Uh, so we're all looking at these tax returns that are coming through and they're not, there's like four lines on them. It's just like line one needs to add up to line two. And if it doesn't, then it needs to kick, be kicked back out or something like that. I'm like, this is stupid. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So I'm sitting there <laughs> just like blasting through them. Like, yeah, whatever, two, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Because you, you, the most most human beings, either they're completely they're they're completely corrupt, uh, and the vast majority of them not are aren't completely corrupt. So it's most it might just be maybe a mistake. It's not that big a deal. You just blast through these things, and everybody else is sitting there like obsessing about them. They're staring at them. It's like one guy did like twenty five in an hour, and I'm doing like I don't know <laughs> two hundred in an hour. <laughs> so, so I might as well have just been dumping him into the thing because I thought I understood that this whole thing, like if this OCR is this bad, then we really screwed up. So the actual root of this problem is to rerun these things through the OCR, but nobody wanted to do that. They wanted to do it by hand. So they basically just sent us grunts at age twenty three or whatever into the field to go do all this junk. Oh God, I was uh, I was twenty. Yeah, that, that's 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 where we were. No, yeah, it had to have been something like that. that was, uh, what five five years ago, right? Yeah, five years ago, five years ago. Yeah, so for <laughs> for me, everybody was completely obsessed with this thing, and I under I understood the technology, and I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Why should we do this? And I remember this other guy who was like way older than us. He worked at the IRS, and he was actually asleep in his office <laughs> working with us. So yeah, so so I've always been that way, and I've never understood like why it takes people longer to do things. Uh, when I can basically just like put stuff together pretty quickly. And then again, this is, I don't want this podcast to be like, Hey, John Biggs is, and Alex are really smart, <laughs> but I guess, I guess people should walk away with that, uh, that impression, but hell. No, but I, I would, I would think that, um, a lot of the issues that people, uh, misrepresent or misconstrue as failure are really just a misalignment between who you are, what what makes you tick, and what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's why I bring it up, because I think that the more you know yourself and you know what makes you tick, and in most cases, it's it's not money. It's it's just like being creative or as you're doing, like, you know, hacking things together and making it work really fast here and there and, be, and being optimal about these things. Uh, each one of us is very different in that way, but there's this constant obsession that there seems to be some kind of um, mythical or mystical job that you need to do. And if you don't do it, you're not human enough. Mm -hmm. You're not part of humanity, right? And I just think it's plainly wrong. Uh, Let me be very clear and to everyone listening, I make way less than a lot of my friends. (laughs) But I can sleep at night. I don't have to work on weekends except on very rare occasions. And I'm extremely happy with my life. Uh, so, you know, it's a drawback, right? All right, all right. So, so maybe, so maybe what we're, maybe what we're talking about is like figuring, figuring out your, what failure means in your particular, for your particular brain chemistry, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the things I tell my, my kids, right. And I was recently talking about this with someone, um, the, this, I, I think this has been talked 
like for so many years now. I remember the the this events. I don't know if you remember them. The fuck up nights where mm -hmm. people would go there and cry and say like, "This is how I fucked up my company and this and that." And I always thought, you know, when you've done enough startups, you know, I've done four companies already. In you know, failure, it's just nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It is a natural phase of learning. And in the same way we have, you know, spring, summer, the fall and winter, well, this is the same. And most people think, oh my God, you know, as if we listen to people saying, oh my God, it's winter, you know, this is so <laughs> horrible. And you're like, yes, it's winter, dude, it's cold. Yes, it happens, right? But spring will eventually come. And so this is something similar, right? It's like, oh, failure. It's like, no, learning. <laughs> it is normal that you fail. Actually, if you're not, as the famous quote goes, right? If you're not failing, it's because you're not even trying. So yeah. yes, try, you will fail. Now, obviously, there are failures and failures. There are fuck-ups and fuck-ups. But um, what most people understand as failure is not really failure. It's some kind of lesson that sadly most people are not even listening and learning from. Mm -hmm. Because when I see people like taking these jobs and they go like, this is my dream job. And then I meet them three months later and they, and they go like, oh my God, I'm just dying. I just want to throw up every time. I'm like, then why are you doing it? It's like, because I need it on my CV. And I'm like, really? Like, really? Do you really need this stuff? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was a uh, that was very cathartic. I think I think it helped both of us. And I think, I think you can head out to your uh, to your vacation, and uh, we can uh, go and enjoy our summers uh, in our in yeah. our weird brain chemistry world. <laughs> well, I, I would just launch or or share one one last thought, and I hope what we talk kind of helps people and and that people start rethinking what makes them tick and just embrace it. It's, it's not about clicking on what's out there. Sadly, it's unfair. I mean, well, life is unfair, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it, it's kind of unfair because a lot of the jobs, a lot of the startup work, a lot of the innovation work is stacked against mentalities like this. Yeah. That is true. However, my experience is that people like us uh, tend to have a very, very valuable place in a lot of startups, especially when you need someone that's doing 15 things at the same time. Mm -hmm. This are the kind of people you want to have. However, we don't know how to call them. We don't know how to hire them. We don't know where to find them. Well, they used, they so, used to be, uh, yeah, it used to be like Renaissance men. They used to be Michelangelo yeah. would fly over to France and build a <laughs> new fort. Uh, and now we don't get to, we don't get, the, well, I guess we do get to fly to France and build a new fort, but it's just a different kind of fort. Alex, thank you for joining us. This has been pretty cool uh and i think i mean it's it's made me rethink a lot of stuff too which is really helpful well my pleasure john thank you very much for having me and i hope everyone has a wonderful summer <laughs> this has been keep going podcast about failure and success i'm john biggs we'll see you next week thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of keep going if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.